for tuning into this week's episode of the Creative Little Soul podcast. Joining Claire and I this week is Julie Mathers, the founder and CEO of Flora and Fauna, one of Australia's largest retailers exclusively selling eco-friendly, vegan, cruelty-free and sustainable products. More than just a business, Julie describes Flora and Fauna as a platform for purpose and has been leading by example when it comes to the creation of a kinder, healthier and more responsible approach to business and life. Julie joined us to discuss her commitment to environmental sustainability and shared some of her strategies for running a successful eco-friendly business in an increasingly competitive and saturated market, all whilst being a mum. So sit back, relax pop the kettle on and enjoy this week's episode of the Creative Little Soul podcast, which starts right now. Morning, Julie. Thank you so much for joining with us. And I've also got the lovely Claire with us today. So it's a bit of a three-way combo, so we'll be kind. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, it's a nice, nice sunny morning here, here in Sydney. So, uh, so yeah, pretty good so far today. Awesome. Um, how are you finding things in this COVID landscape and this whole oh. new unknown world? Well, I think, um, gosh, I mean, there's personally and there's business, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I think from a personal perspective, I, I'm someone who sort of goes with the flow a little bit because so I've been through the GFC, I've been through, there's been lots of things that have happened in life where you go, all right, there's just a new way, new way of doing things. So let's go with it. And, and I had a, a little baby in the middle of, I had a little baby in May. So we had that to contend with in the middle of COVID because we're suddenly going, oh, hang on, our support network is in New Zealand and the UK. That's not very helpful. They can't get here. Yeah. And, um, and then when you're in hospital, it's a whole different kettle of fish. It's very much about get the baby out healthily and then get home go away (laughs) so um so personally we've kind of had a bit to contend with that but with that but actually we we don't mind being uh we live in the country and we're uh we're we're kind of introverts so so we're okay with it (laughs) Um, from a business perspective from a business perspective it's oh you know what it's so fascinating because in retail retail prior to covid had bushfires to contend with um, as did the entire of of Australia. So, and and actually, we were in a recession, um, which kind of we didn't really talk about enough. I don't think so. Sales were sort of doing well, but certainly not where we thought they would gonna they were gonna be. Um, and then COVID hit, and suddenly, with what we do, which is selling a lot of personal care products, cleaning products, hand sanitizer, suddenly. Overnight, March the thirteenth, sales went through the roof. Yeah. Um, and 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 I remember that weekend very well because Tom and I, Tom is my husband who works in the business. We're suddenly talking to each other, going, right, okay, well, so we're trying to figure out what what we have to do from a business perspective. Like, well, how do we keep the team safe? And what are the rules and all of yeah. this sort of stuff? So we're trying to figure it out. And um, within a week, what we'd done is is we said, right we need to go in the warehouse to two shifts. So we need to sort of split the team. So then everybody can socially distance, Yeah, which was quite challenging for the team because they're really used to a really busy warehouse and suddenly it's quiet. <laughs> and they're going, we're clearly not getting enough orders out. It's like, actually you're getting more. You just don't oh, realize wow. it. <laughs> you yeah. just don't realize it. And um, so we 
sort of had to had to do that really quickly to keep our team um, safe and healthy. And we we keep sort of reminding them of that. And just re, it's really important that you keep rechecking yourself through this, so that <clears throat> it's not just a one time. Okay, we've done it. Let's move on. It's like no, no, no. Everyone, are you washing your hands? Are you using yeah. sanitizer? Right now, it's you know encouraging everyone to use masks. So we had that to contend with along with, okay, how do we get stock? <laughs> because yeah. a lot of suppliers then suddenly didn't have stock. Um, uh, packaging was actually quite an issue for some of our brands because they're getting packaging from all over the world and they can't get it in. Mm -hmm. um, and for us, it's also kind of going, how do we forecast where this is going to go? Is this yeah. just one week or is it six months? Or it's, so it's, it's been a really, um, yeah, challenging, challenging time, I, I think. But, but we just kind of go with the flow. You can't, I, I always believe like stress about what you can control what, and don't stress about what you can't. That's really great advice. And I think um, it's like all the spanners were throwing in the works at once. And, and from yeah. a business perspective, it's, you know, I, I struggle because I love to look in the future and, and, you know, forecast and see what's coming up and what trends. And, and then you've got this yeah. product, particularly for what you do. So you're probably like, okay, we need to come up with a way to move what we've got. So, you know, and package that up in a way that we're not sitting on stock and dollars and that kind of thing I'd imagine as well. Yeah, exactly right. And, and, you know, the reality is we, we overbought on hand sanitizer because we sold about three years worth of sales within, you know, within a, within a very short period of time. Um, okay. And we, and we, um, yeah, we overbought as did the entirety of Australian retail. <laughs> um, so, so, so we don't have too much, but we do have, more hand sanitizer than we would like. Okay, if so, anyone needs hand sanitizer, Julie is your go-to. Yeah. Jump on and grab it. <laughs> We're literally selling it at cost price. We're just like, it just got to go. Yeah, <laughs> sick of looking at it. Um, yeah, pretty much. So tell us a little bit about how you started your business um, and to how it is the behemoth that it is today. <laughs> um, see, I never view it as a behemoth. It's funny. I'm just there going, oh, you know, we've done all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're so modest. You've done pretty bloody good, Billy. <laughs> pretty well. Um, so, so how I started it, I was always, so I've worked in retail for a really, really long time. It's all I've ever done. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. I just love the, I love the trading element of it. I love the fact you can talk to a customer. I love analyzing customer behavior. It, it just and it's very tangible for me it's really tangible yeah. I had a short period in accountancy and um it was seven months when I left uni when I really didn't know what to do and I worked in accountancy and I was like that's a terrible idea <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it for me I didn't enjoy it um and um when I got into retail and and I'd worked for lots of different retailers so I've worked for Coles and I've worked for Woolies and I've worked for retailers overseas and everywhere else and um, and that's been really fundamental to doing what I do now. So yeah. I think it's re really, really important because it gives me such a strong base of knowledge. Um, and also just I've been faced with so many different situations, particularly at Coles and Woolies because they, they're magnified. <laughs> Anything yeah. that happens is magnified. Um, <clears throat> but I kind of got to the point where I was like, right, I want to do something. I was always slightly a frustrated entrepreneur and I'm not very good at working for other people at all so yeah. and I realized that a long time ago I'm really bad at taking orders so. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> yeah. yeah it's just like oh you want me to do that no I don't want to do that um 
so I kind of figured that, right, Julie, you, you're either going to do something or you're going to shut up and not do something and just keep working for someone else. And, and along my way, I've sort of got quite, I suppose, frustrated really with, well, lack of focus from retailers on, on purpose, to put it lightly. So whether that is who they employ, so diversity, Yep. And I'm thinking, you know, there's gender, but there's also abilities. There's, there's so many different types of diversity, whether that is waste. I mean, retailers are so, 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 so wasteful um, when it comes to packaging, particularly. That's yep. it's a big passion in mine. Um, <clears throat> whether it's the products they sell. And there are so many different things where I just went, we can just be better. And so I, I kind of got to the point where I went, well, I'm just going to create that better retailer. Yeah, well, I'll change, give it a go. Actually. Be the change, be the yeah. change, because it's quite—it's quite difficult, particularly when you work in a big company, to change. And mm. I don't necessarily have the patience to to wait yeah. for that to happen. And I and I kind of went right. Well, let's be the change that we want to see. Um, awesome. And um, and so yeah, so 2014, I came up with Flora and Fauna, because um, I'm also very passionate about animal animal welfare, um, and I'm vegan too. Yep. So I was like, well, I don't know what, in terms of makeup, I don't know what makeup's tested on animals and what isn't. And it's all really unclear because there's so much greenwashing in that industry. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, let's come up with Flora and Fauna and we will provide cruelty-free makeup. And that's how it started. Yeah. Um, I was actually showing one of my team yesterday. There's a cool website called, I think it's archive.org. And you can type in a, any old website. And Did you get back you, and have a look at your first back. website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was doing one of my storytelling sessions to one of the team, and they, I pity them because I, I suddenly got, I go on, off on a tangent in every single meeting where I go, let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was showing them, I was showing Justine the website that, that we created, that we launched with. And because I, I was kind of going, look, where we are now is not where we started that's where mm. we started it was very basic I did all of the photos I did all the banners I did all the you know really badly but I did them yeah we couldn't afford to pay anybody it's kind of us yeah we're doing a lot and we're packing orders and that's what that's what you do yeah. um and so and yeah in, in November 2014 that's when we launched and and uh to to sort of we sort of said to families and family and friends anyone want to play order <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, and it kind of just just sort of went from there <laughs> yes I always I love that website I've um, used it before as well to kind of have a look at some of my stuff or to do some case studies yeah. and I like look at my first logo that I ever did and when I started <laughs> my business it was just me and then it grew and then there were more people more clients and and that kind yeah. of thing but I like sometimes look back at the old like logo or some of the work I've did and I'm like oh my god how embarrassing like, <laughs> how did I ever put this out and I'm like no this is part of your journey this is where you came from you've evolved you've learned you know it would be good it. to look at your old myspace page Remember Actually, my I have. <laughs> they're still around they're still around oh my gosh I know oh, just it, oh. it. it's insane oh geez well and it was um friends reunited if anyone oh, remembers that, that Oh, I think I'm not sure if it was a UK thing, but it was it was basically pre Facebook, and I remember it from tw I literally remember it from 20 years ago, where mm. it would look at where you went to school, and it would yeah. kind of pull your school friends together so that you could see what all your school friends had been up to. So it was really <laughs> pre Facebook, 
it was very much pre-Facebook, but it was, um, yeah, I don't even, you know what, after this, I'm going to Google. I happened to friends really like yeah. I'm like, what is this? Who bought this? <laughs> yeah, where did it go? I imagine Facebook probably bought it, but. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's probably like way too similar. Um, yeah. So we were just having a chat before we jumped on and we were talking about how um, the consumer behaviours kind of changed at the moment. And if there are any hotspots for when people are purchasing and I said, you know, when I tend to make my purchases on your website, it's late night. And then, you know, it's a gift to myself when it's like, your package has been shipped. I'm like, oh my God, what did I order? But it's going to be all right because it's probably good stuff. Um, have you noticed that there are trends and changes to the times that people are ordering? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it, it kind of seems to be just longer hours now. There seems to be very little night happening yeah. Um, so, so what we would uh, what we would see before, and it, but it actually varies quite a bit as well. So some days take us completely by surprise, and we're like, "What is going on?" Yeah. Um, but what we what we're definitely seeing is people are shopping later, and we would see a natural kind of we would we would start to see the, the drop off around kind of ten o'clock as people go to bed. That's not really happening now because um, people like me stay up and go, "Oh, let me just keep watching that series on that." <laughs> it's like I can do a whole series in one night. Stop. <laughs> um, just another episode. Yep. But um, but yeah, so we are seeing we are seeing that later later purchasing. We, we, it tends to it tends to now. So it's kind of moved two hours by midnight. It now tends to drop off. People then go. I should go to bed. Yeah, but, stop um, buying. <laughs> stop buying. But it is certainly going later and longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find there are like pockets where, you know, obviously you get picked up and reshared or, you know, featured your products and stuff. So then that can attribute for spikes in, in products or what have you. But do you notice that probably, you know, maybe if we just look at the last month or two, are there particular products that are starting to trend and you're like, whoa, this is kind of take us like, where is this coming from? Why, why are you buying these things? Like, do you, is yeah. there something you can think of at the moment? Yeah. There there, yeah, what there is, it's, and this is probably part. I love the data, so this is a bit of a fascinating mm -hmm. thing. Me too. I'm a nerd. You're a nerd. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's just fascinating. You go, oh crikey, mm -hmm. what's that? Where does that come from? So, when it first, um, when COVID first really kicked off mid March, we saw the typical products that I think most people saw go were hand sanitizer, cleaning products. Um, but those were the two. What we also saw was face masks, not the ones that cover your face, but the ones to cleanse your face yep. um, lots of people were doing face masks and I think personally I think I was doing one every day for about three weeks oh my god um, that's my <laughs> life <laughs> I'm the face mask queen I can't get enough the face mask queen it's like oh yep. let's just do another one let's try yep. that and um and that was absolutely a trend we started we saw now that's died off a bit now as everyone's a bit face masked out um what we have seen which is quite interesting is makeup okay um <clears throat> so which is what you wouldn't necessarily think people would be buying, given it's everyone's at home isolating. Is it a um, self-care thing, do you think? Is it <clears> that, do your makeup, yeah. do a face mask, can't go anywhere, so in, <laughs> invest in yeah. yourself yeah, yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. yeah, I think it is. I think people are now a bit like, okay, I've, I've done with the wearing my, wearing my active wear or whatever. I've done with just being a bit of a relaxing, done with relaxing for a while and I, it's time to kind of, Take charge. 
like control. That was a really nice way of saying a sloth. <laughs> you said that not me. No, I totally do it. I'm not going to wear my pajamas. I'm getting it dressed, but but totally like I find yeah. you know I like to. I've bought new lipsticks and makeup lately, um, yeah. only for the fact that I feel good in myself when I do it. Yeah. So if that and like and I think that goes back to that one thing that you said. What can I can control? within my own little realm. And I think that probably falls yeah. into that basket. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, something we're really mindful of with our team and just in general, really, is just that mental well-being. And with everyone at home, largely, I'm spending a lot more time at home, you know, that mental well-being aspect can, can really get, get to you. So I think it's just so, so important that we do what we need to do for us yeah. makes feel good but we also check in on other people too yeah um particularly those you know anyone in, in Vic right now who's isolating on their own yeah that's really challenging so i think whatever you can do the, the other thing that we have seen as well is um people are buying makeup to do these youtube tutorials cool yeah so they're kind of going what can i do this yeah. is cool because I like people just being a bit innovative and stuff. And they're yeah. going, well, let's go and do, let's, let's get really great at doing a smoky eye. So, yeah. And they're putting it on YouTube. So I think there's just a lot more content being pushed out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so, that, so makeup's one of the ones which was a bit of a surprise to me. I was like, oh, interesting. That's, that's kind of a little bit bizarre. But when you think about it, it makes a bit of sense. Yeah, for sure. Claire, jump, jump in, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was how, you know, now we see the creation of um, platforms like Shopify have made it very easy for people to literally start a business overnight. And you can very easily now sell and distribute goods online. But I think there's a lot of people that really struggle to get out of that initial startup phase. And I think, like you said, you had the benefit of having a very long career in retail prior to starting your own business. And I see a lot of people, you know, my age in the early 20s um, through like Facebook groups that I'm a part of that really they start this business and they get all excited and then they just they lose that momentum. So I guess what advice do you have for people in that position? Yeah, it's, we see it a lot. We see it a lot because I think part of the excitement is growing, is kind of developing the business and you go, oh, I've come up with my name, I've come up with my logo, I'm putting stuff on social media, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's all kind of meaningless if you can't make any sales. Yeah. Um, and that's the challenge. And we do see it a lot with, with, um, with brands, with retailers, get excited about the first bit, but they can't, they can't keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is it takes to start a business, it takes a lot of hard work. So, um, from my perspective, we haven't had a day, literally a day off in six years. Mm-hmm. So we work every single day and yep. we have made huge sacrifices. I mean, when, when I was going in to have my little baby in May, the website, literally I was going in because I had a C-section because <laughs> I had a C-section with the first one. So you're on that gravy train, you that that's where you're going. And um <laughs> and as as I was going in for the surgery, website went down. Oh no. <laughs> I know. And it's I'm talking to my husband going literally like as they are putting the blooming epidural or whatever in, I'm kind of like talking through the door to them going, talk to the developers, talk to the developers. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't even then, present. You're just like, okay, okay. I was <laughs> I was 
there was zero presence going on. And then when he, he was eventually allowed into the ward, and, um, and I said to him, the first thing I said to him was, is the website up? Is the website up? And going, oh my God, Julie, focus, focus. You're having a child, you're having a child. And, but it, it kind of takes a bit of a relentless dedication to it. And I think that shouldn't be underestimated because we see it all the time. We see lots and lots of um, people doing websites because they want, because it, it is, it's, a, it's a, an easy route to market in some ways. The barriers are low, the barriers yeah. are low. Um, but you can put a website up, but unless you can market it, unless you can get people to it, unless you can invest money in it. And that's, um, we've had to invest um, a significant amount of money. Like when we make profit, it goes straight back into the business for growth. So yeah. we do not have large salaries. We still don't have large salaries. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have my woolly salary anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then I have other things, you know, it's, it's yeah. I have, I have, I love what when I do. Did you, when did yeah. you last have a holiday? <laughs> See? Oh my gosh. No, this is a big one for people that are their own business. Yeah. Owners. Like it's one of those things that get taken for granted. Like, when you have annual leave, holiday leave, all these things, like, you know, yeah. the biggest thing I always meet, and that's myself included and other business owners, is like, you know what, we would just like to go and have a holiday, but you can't because yeah. your business is your other baby. Yeah. I think, I think the last time we had a holiday, so we went away, I think, in 2016, Mm -hmm. But we worked throughout the entire time. So yeah. we, I can remember us going to, I can't remember what it was. We might have gone to Venice, I think. And I can remember us sitting in a hotel on our laptop, basically on the bed, side by side, gong, 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 gong. Yeah. And it's, and, and we're there going, we're in Venice. What are we doing? And, um, and, it's, and that's the thing. You might go away, but you're always working. Yeah. Um, and I think the last time I had a true holiday where I could, zone out and relax was probably my honeymoon back in 2013 wow um yeah. yeah other than that whenever we've gone away it's very much been like we just assume that we'll be working through it and we are like tom takes a whole ream of invoices to get done like it's yeah. just that's just the reality of god i hope my dad listens to this because every time i go home and yeah. my my grandma's in her 80s and she's this cute little greek woman and i'm yeah. sitting there in her kitchen and she brings me a coffee and a biscuit but i'm on my phone and i'm checking emails and she's like why are you always in front of your computer why <laughs> they don't understand i'm like well this is kind of the payoff like in yeah. order for me to be able to spend this time with you um, yeah. which is awesome and i can come in three week blocks but I do still need to work. Like the machine yeah. still needs to go. And I think, you know, that's, that's the level of you, if you're successful, if you are married to, to it and nurture it and, and feed it, um, I think as well, and, and you may see this in as well, people just not doing their research. Like, Hey, I've got this great idea, but yeah. however many other products are on the market and you know, are they being done exactly. better? Do you see a lot of saturation? of products for people pitch yeah huge 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 if i see another natural deodorant like you okay. know it's <laughs> so yeah. we get contacted a lot and um and over the years you know we've changed because historically like years ago people would come through the customer care email and talk pitch to us their products now we've got a separate buying email yep. because we get so many and and the things and, it, and you're absolutely right you're absolutely right people are not doing their research and 
you know, skincare, I really don't advise anyone to start a skincare brand at yeah. all. Please don't do it. Anyone listening, please don't do it. Unless you do, unless you have a, a huge point of difference or, or um, your products, you know, and your, your products should be, they should have certifications. So if, you, if you're going to be in this space and you want to have a point of difference, they should be certified organic. They should be certified vegan. They should be uh, affordable. Or, you know, one of the brands we took on recently was Retreatment Botanics. It's an amazing brand, but they've got Olivia Newton-John, who is the, the kind of owns the brand. So yeah, that's their point of difference. Sure. <laughs> um, and, um, but we get contacted so much about skincare. And the challenge as well, I see, is that people contact us and they'll say, hey, I've got this new skincare range, but I want to charge $80 mm, for... Affordable. It's not affordable. And I want to yeah. charge $80 for a moisturizer and they're going, why would anyone pay that? Because yeah. it's, you know, your product isn't known in the market. There's no brand recognition, such a hard industry to get into. So, um, so yeah, I, I, we see a lot of saturation. Well, yeah. I guess and that's one of the, um, the sort of, uh, criticisms that people have with the concept of, you know, ethical consumerism in general is that it often is quite expensive and it prices a certain demographic. It's not necessarily attainable for some people. Yeah, that's a, it's a huge, huge um, issue. And it's actually part of the reason we've launched our own brand, Green and Kind, um, because what we can do with that is we go straight to factory. And we don't, we're not, we don't do it for skincare, but um, we do it for other products. But going straight to factory means that we can get things at a price where you don't have uh, a brand making a margin, a distributor making a margin, Mm -hmm. everyone's taking their chunk it's like no no it's just us in the factory so mm -hmm. it means that we can offer a toothbrush at 3.95 plus we can also give money to charity in that too yeah um, awesome. and i think that was one of the things um one of our goals at the start was we have to make, if we want to drive change which we do we have to make this affordable mm -hmm. to everybody and yeah. our <clears throat> our uh, purpose is to help everyone make better choices not a part of society that can afford it <laughs> yeah. um so it's really, really important and so we we try and we do have some expensive brands at flora and fauna um i view as expensive they're not probably that expensive if you go to mecca or sephora or whatever but um but we do have some expensive brands but equally we have lots of brands which um, are affordable and yeah. an amazing brand in Darwin, Viva La Body, that is plastic free. Um, you get little bars, which is a little moisturizer and I don't know, like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. It's like it's, it's affordable and they're really good humans who are making them too. Yeah. Um, so it, it is a challenge. And I think this is where a lot of greenwashing comes in as well, because people try and make eco into this really luxe brand. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's the scrubber you're using in your kitchen. Yeah. So let's say yeah. it what it is. Yeah. And I think, I think over the years as well, like I think people, I know myself, you know, I'm very in tune to, you know, I see things and the packaging is excessive and I'm like, oh, I'm never ordering from them again. And I actually feel like I need to tell them like, Hey, I really do not like or appreciate the fact that you're using all of this unnecessary packaging, like be better. Like I, I, yeah. I think, yeah. Cause it just really upsets me. Like, why yeah. are we wasting this? Like it's not necessary. 
A hundred percent agree. It's <clears throat> there are so many. We, I'm constantly annoying our suppliers and brands. Yeah. With, with saying to them, I and mean, in fact, we launched a campaign on first of July called "Take It Back," which is all about reducing packaging. Yeah. Because um, because we don't need it. Like, if we can get away, you know, you need often you need some packaging. We need we need a barcode. Pretty much, that's all we need. We just need a barcode to be able to scan a product through a warehouse. Other than that, keep 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 the item safe, of course, but um, let's minimise what we put out into the world. Yeah, every, everyone I send everything to, they're getting it like, whatever it is I'm sending, it's in a box that's already been used and I'm just like, yeah. okay, what can I package up? What can I reuse? What can I repurpose? Like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just terrible but I love I love that it's such at the forefront of your business and brand um yeah yeah and even the recycling like it's just amazing yeah, yeah I love it yeah that's what yeah. we were gonna say we really love your um recycling program the one with your um with your encourage people yeah. to return their beauty products and Thank the you. thing that I love about your program is that you credit people's accounts so you give them that yeah. financial incentive to actually do it because I think yeah. a lot of people without that the truth is I think a lot of people just don't do things it's like exactly. when they started to charge you to use um, like plastic bags and things. And when they're oh, yeah. price line and they say, do you want, you know, a plastic bag for 10 cents? It's like, it's not really a, that they care about the 10 cents. It's just there to remind you, oh, you know, if I'm paying for it, I really, do I actually need it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's actually a really great example. Cause I think the plastic bag usage has gone down. I know in the UK, because they did this a few years ago when they started charging, I think it was five same deals, five P for bags. I think the plastic bag usage went down ninety percent. Like wow, huge, huge. And um and yeah, and we it's been great because we've been doing our recycling program now for three years. And over those three years, you know, when we started doing it, we got a bit of recycling back. Now we get boxes and boxes every day, and um we're slowly turning into a recycling plant. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> And we see, we see the big, big boxes at the back of, but people are being really, really conscious. And it's, um, yeah, it's something that, that I'm really pleased we do. It costs us a fair bit of cash, but this is, <clears throat> I think this is the, the importance of running. I call Flora and Fauna a platform for purpose because <clears throat> yes, we sell things. We sell, and we sell good products and ethically sourced products and vegan and cruelty free products. But, now we've got to the point where we can actually we've got reach and we've got engagement and we've got um we've got a bit of scale we can do other things and so one of which is the recycling program and really give it a bit of gusto um which and it for us we just go it's just a it's a cost of doing business that's what yeah. we do and we've just built it in yep and it's um it's just part of how we operate and you know we will have a and we can kind of go, okay, well, how do we, how do we offset that in other places? Okay, well, we, we run a leaner team or, yep. you know, our warehouse is in North Rocks. It's not in North Alexandria. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah. You know, we pay less on rent, but, yep. but in doing that, we can fund a recycling program, which is really, really important to us. Yeah, so, and that must um, feel and that must feel so good because you're actually, you know, it's all well and good for companies to say, hey, we're going to do this and do that, but like, 
you actually practice what you preach and you're using, I see it as, you know, you're using your followers and you're using your, you know, you're vibing with your tribe to then, yeah. you know, get them to do more and be better. And I, I think that's admirable, Julie. Like, I think, oh, you, you know, using the, the voice and the community that you've built to then incite people being better or, you know, passing that down to the next generations. And, yes. and then eventually it just becomes, well, this is what we've always done now. So that's right. This, this is the new behavior. Yeah. I'd, Absolutely agree. I think when I grew up, when I was growing up, I'm in my mid forties now, so I've been through a few generations. But uh, <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was growing up, my um, I can remember going to a supermarket with my mum, and she never got plastic bags because that was, I think, pre-plastic bags. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is there was a box. They'd like to have boxes at the end of the supermarket, and you just grab a box and you put your groceries yep. in the box. That was normal then. Then we got conditioned into plastic bags and plastic, fantastic, everything actually. Yeah. And so we now just need to condition ourselves into other things. Yeah. Um, and we just need to kind of let go of that era and just, yeah, recondition. And I think, yeah, you're, you're right. We have to make that new normal. And I, I think what's really good as well about the recycling program is that <clears throat> yes, it gets people to recycle beauty products with us, but it also just makes them think in general. Mm. And it's, you know, can I go and um, like put all my plastic in? I'm looking at my <laughs> looking at my laundry here, which is where we put our stuff for red cycle. But yep. it's like put your soft plastics into a bag for red cycle. But then also, I, you know, I find people are then going, well, what is in here in my soft plastics, and are there better alternatives yep. to that? Um, and it's just getting those. It's getting people thinking in a different way in general, and that's what I think is quite good about it. Because it's, mm. it's beyond beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another thing we wanted to touch on was, you know, yeah. your social media channels. So like you said, you've built quite a significant engagement and reach in a relatively short amount of time. And I know some of the really interesting things that you're doing, but would you mind like letting our listeners know how you've been able to, like Chrissy said, really connect with your tribe and your niche market through your socials? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it's something that um, I am still so close to. So to the annoyance of my, my team, I sign off every single post yep. um, so, and change them frequently. Um, Me too, and, girlfriend. Um, I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's your baby. It's really hard to let go and you just still want to make sure your authenticity is coming through. Uh, absolutely. And I, you know, I view myself as the brand custodian. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I'm the owner of the voice. Yep. So that voice has to be our voice. It's, it, it's, um, and, and, you know, Justine who manages social media is incredibly resilient to my, to my efforts, but, um, it's, it, it, it's very, very important. And I think what we have in our office, we have a great big board, like a billboard basically. And on that billboard is our values and our purpose. And yep. we talk up about our purpose and we talk about our values every single day. And what I love about it is it's not just myself and Tom talking about it, but it is the entire team talking about it because it's just common language at Flora and Fauna. Common language to us is about being kind, treading softly. So if, if the um, Scott and Grant who do the receiving, if they see um, stock coming in that's wrapped in too much plastic, they're not happy about it. Yep. So they don't just, they're not, they don't just go, oh, whatever. No, they go, Julie, what do you want to do with this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It's, yep. 
everyone takes ownership. And I think that's, um, that comes through in our social media as well with the fact that um, we stay absolutely true to our purpose and our values. Yeah. And I think that is important. There is, we cannot be bought, <laughs> I think is probably, you know. Yeah. So when I see your typical influencers who are, we were looking at one yesterday actually, that's going to have the product in the hand and they're promoting the product. You will never see, that's just not, we don't even work with influencers because that's yeah. just not what we're about. It's, yeah. um, it, it, it has to be authentic and it has to be from the heart. Yeah. And it, it, and, and, you know, and, and I'm also quite happy to, if we stuff up, I'm quite happy to go, we messed up. That's it. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. just own it. Just, yeah. just, we're human. We're all human. And I think, I think that is key for anyone doing social stay so, so close to your purpose. Yeah. And if it, if it feels gray, if it feels wrong, don't do it. Yeah. That's yeah. my, if I feel a bit funny about something, I go, no, we're not going to do it. I feel, if I feel funny, the customer, the, our audience will feel funny. Yeah, for sure. I feel that too. And I look at everything for all of our clients that we look after. And yeah. like, you know, an example was like when the bushfires were happening, um, I actually nixed any of our staff members using the fire emoji um, and just like a few other things. And I was just like, mm -hmm. for right now, this is, this is insensitive. We're not going to be a part of that, you know, if other people are, but just something so simple. But like, I feel like you always have to just think about what may upset, what may offend. We don't want to be on that side. We want to be on the nurturing, the kindness, the love. And um, I love that Woody makes an appearance from time to time. <laughs> He's so cute. Yeah. He's adorable. I know. Um, I know he is adorable. Does everyone love yeah, him on there? I think we need to do another one. Oh my God. The entire, well, the team keep going because he's not been in the office because of COVID, obviously. Yep. So, and the team, team keep going, is he going to come in? Is he going to come in? <laughs> I like, so I the, like the bio you have on the website. What is he? The, the chief milk drinker and he snaps him the job. <laughs> and what is your, your youngest? Yes. He is a, oh, so he's the oldest. Actually, it's a very is good he? point. Oh. Yeah, he's the oldest. So Woody, no, I had two children like really close together. Ah, okay, um, cool. That's what happens when you get to my age. You've got no time to waste. But um, <laughs> so, so we had Woody in um, February 2019. Okay. And we had Alfie May 2020. Okay. Wow. So really, really close. close together. Really close. Really close. And, and Woody's, because Woody's quite small, he's like a, he's a little dude. So yep. Alfie's really catching up. Oh wow! <laughs> so at some point they're just going to look like twins. But well, we um, need to see more. We need to see more of them both because they, yeah. I know. So adorable, very cute. They did. The team did remind me yesterday because they said, um, "They said you've not done a Wednesday with Woody for a while," and I said, "Oh, I said I know. I said I'll do one. I'll do one." So I was going to do one this morning. I might do one after this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm feeling the pressure now. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure. Well, it's, whenever we do one, we have to tell the um, customer care team, we, we have to go, we've done a Wednesday with Woody. Because suddenly social media goes nuts. And so the customer care team are dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so you've got to go, sorry. <laughs> Brace yourselves, incoming cuteness. It's going to break the internet. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you find being a mum and, you know, ruling the world and in business and then getting that balance there? Oh, I, I think um, balance? What's that? <laughs> yeah. You can't have it all. No. Yeah. We, we've, we've managed to make it work for us. Yep. And so 
I'm so so Tom works in the business as well and we are just a complete united team on this so we are a team with everything so so today Tom's in the office um, and I've got the boys at home and so I managed to do work and boy time work and boy yeah. time um, but Tom can also be in the office and be completely focused in the office without thinking oh you know without having to worry about home stuff yeah yesterday it was the reverse I was in the office and Tom was at home so we manage it that way we have to be very very organized mm-hmm. although we don't think we are but we we are vaguely <laughs> organized um we try and be organized and um and we've had to be, you know, we just go, right, that they get fed them, fed them, fed them, fed them. But it's just being, it's the biggest thing I think is us just being a, a huge team on it. And it's just, you've just got to have that, that team element and be constantly yep. going towards the same goal and, um, and being really respectful of each other too. Because yep. um, it's easy, I think, particularly you've got two little ones to, to, for tempers to fray and for emotions to get high and all that kind of stuff. And you just got to, got to remember you're on the same team. Yeah. Um, Do you want to go back and work for someone else? No, like, come on, we've got to make it work. Well, that's it. And and I think one of the great things of what we do is we can be completely flexible actually. Um, And the reality is particularly the first person for the person at home, often your working day starts around six o'clock at night (laughs) because both boys have been fed and they're in bed. Um, But um, yeah, you, you, you just have to be more flexible and we have the, the, the benefit of being able to do that. And I, I can remember when I, when I worked um, in corporate, um, one of my team members, I think she was back after about six months having Matt leave and she was back and it was quite stressful for her because it was very much on her. Yeah. to to be the pet sort of to deal with everything so it's very much on her and so if there was a problem at childcare, she had to go and deal with it but if she got if she arrived after five o'clock or something she got fined by the minute there's all that oh, kind wow. of yeah yeah you got like it's quite a lot so and i just thought well i could never take mine to childcare because i'll just i might as well just funnel my salary into that like i'm yeah. certainly late for everything um yeah. <laughs> so so i think the one of the great benefits is although it's an enormous amount of work we can be flexible and that's that's a good thing yeah awesome um one of the things that i wanted to ask you about that we sort of touched on earlier but i wanted to just sort of address it directly um when i was studying um environmental politics when i was at uni i wrote my master's thesis on approaches to global environmental agreements um, and when this concept of, you know, ethical consumerism, this, uh, you know, the circular economy would come up in class, the, the main sort of criticism or the pushback on that idea is that it places all the emphasis on the individual. And they, there's sort of a, an argument that says, instead of trying to carve out a place in the market to exchange goods in the way that we see as ethical, we should be modifying a system that already exists. And we should be, you know, lobbying politicians to force big companies to, you know, pay tax in the, the countries that they do business yeah. <laughs> in to ensure transparency in their supply chain, to, you know, pay their workers a living wage. So I guess, what do you say to that, 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 that we should be putting greater pressure on bigger, well-established brands to become more ethical themselves instead of trying? the very difficult task in some ways to try to just make our own little economy yeah. of ourselves i think 
it's really interesting. I think both have a place, but one is a carrot approach and one is a stick approach. And lobbying and forcing, forcing brands and retailers and big businesses down a route takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes time. We don't have time. Yeah. And our planet doesn't have time. So we can absolutely go and do that, do that. And we should be doing that. We should be lobbying and we should be, you know, it's taken so long. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's even not still gone through, but you know, just plastic bags. It's like, yeah. oh my God, how long have we been talking about plastic bags for? And that's something that should just be like, why are we talking about it? Just someone so, make the bloody decision and let's just be done with it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Just make the decision. Stop, you know, dilly dally. <laughs> Gotta watch yeah. my language. Um, so, no, no, not at all. <laughs> oh, that's good then. Okay, right. Yeah. Be, be you, be you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, but it, it's stuff like that. It takes too long. So, so my... I think we should absolutely be lobbying and there is a complete place for that and we should be doing it and we should be, everyone should be having a fair living wage Mm -hmm. and there should be more um, traceability around where uh, products are made. And a hundred percent, I agree. If you are trading in a country, pay the tax in that country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, You know who you are, you large digital companies. And it's, and I, so that's really important, but in the same vein, I also think it's really, really important that there are places like us, like other brands, like small sustainable brands doing the absolute right thing now, because what we found is that with a carrot as opposed to the stick. And when people go, hang on a minute, they're getting a bit of airtime or they're being quite successful doing that suddenly other brands want to move yeah. anyway because they need to get into that space. Now, whether they're doing that authentically or whether they're doing that because their sales are dropping and they feel they should, I, you know, mm. who knows? I probably know, but, you know, <laughs> but, um, but at least they're moving. Yeah. We've, got to get, we've got to get them to move. So I think there's a place for both and I, think, and I don't think it's either one or the other. And I've always said... One of the first things I started when I, when we started out, I've always said, if we become irrelevant at Flora and Fauna, because we have delivered the change we need to deliver, then we've done our job. Yeah. Because every other brand is doing what we do. And that's a good thing because we've, this is where you have to look much, much bigger than your own company. Yeah. And you have to look at the purpose overall and go, well, we've actually delivered um, our purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think you need the two and it's a good tension between the two to get to the place we need to be in. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Claire, did you have any others? No, I'm good. I've got a few more for you. Um, (laughs) No, this is good. Um, Love conversations. (laughs) So talk to me. um, You you know, you said when you first started, it was you and Tom um, and then you grew. is it still difficult for you? And I think it might be. Um, I'm just going to go out on a whim here. But yeah. um, delegating and relinquishing control on certain yeah. things. Like yeah. I, I'm a control freak and I'm a Virgo. So, you know, and I, and I think <laughs> that really comes from um, the love, the passion, the nurturing of your business and, and the voice and tone. Um, but 
are there some things where you're like, you know what, I just have to leave this to the people that I love and trust and having to do the job. Um, but there are, are there some things that you're like, nope, this all must come past me. Talk to me. Yeah. About it's, it's something we talk about quite a bit actually, because um, yeah, I'm terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. It, and, I feel better and about myself. The, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and you totally should because it's it's something where I'm like, oh, um, particularly with um, particularly with social media and product, the areas and marketing, anything marketing, the areas where we're really touching our customers quite closely, it has to come past me. And to be honest, I always think that will. And yeah. um, I, I remember that when I even when I and I kind of forgive myself on this one too because when when I worked at Coles, there was the uh, the marketing director there he had every piece of any information that went out to customers went past him, which yeah, okay. I know really annoyed the team, but I just go, well, but for him, the brand was so, so important that it had to. Um, and so I kind of go, I give myself a bit of a, okay, no, that's okay, Julie. That's okay. <laughs> if a big company does that, you can do that too. And I think that's really important. So I think there are some things that, um, and there's ways of doing it because I, I, I absolutely let my team go and run. And I love the fact that they come up with loads of ideas. Like we, we have such an open office. So we just talk about stuff and it's like, they just come up with ideas and I love it when they do. And it's just mm -hmm. like, just go run with it, run with it, run with it. And so I'm very happy. I think it's very important that when you run a business, you employ people who are better than you at, at certain things. Yeah. Um, because you can't be everything to everyone. You can't do it. And you have to yeah. like, for your business to grow, you have to let go. Um, but it's important that I suppose you have checks in place. Yeah. yeah um, and I think that's where you can catch it. Um, and, um, and my husband often says to me, he'll go, he goes, oh, sometimes you've just got to let things fall over. And I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, okay. oh, it's good for learning. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. And, and I, you know, and I don't like letting anything fall over. That's not yeah. how I operate. So, um, but then there are other things. Like I was very happy to let go of finance. That was fine. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, someone else do yeah. it. I don't want. And yeah. then it frees your time up to do the things that are your passion projects. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's very, very important that you think about the use and the value of your time. And Absolutely. and I go, is this a good use of my time? No, it's not. Stop doing it. Focus on, particularly as you grow. And I think this is very, very challenging for a lot of founders to remain running the business as when it gets to a certain point so i'm constantly self-reflecting on me yeah in terms of you have to be able to bring people on you have to be able to not you can't clip their wings yeah got to let them run you just have those checkpoints and it's very very important that i spend my time in a valuable way um, yeah, 100%. And I think when we go back to Claire's point as well, like there comes a point where it's like, in order for my business to grow, I need to remove myself from in the business to work on the business. Yeah. And I, and I find that's, a, I, I find that's around that four to five year mark. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, okay, well, what am I doing now? Like, am I yeah. ready to take it to that next level? How do I take it to that next level? Um, yeah it's a really tough balancing act because I totally feel you like you still want to be involved in the business. You still want to have a look and a say in everything, but then, you know, you, you need to step back to, to look at the big picture relationships and partnerships and what have you. Yeah. And to, to my team's credit, like even Claire, um, will, and she approaches it with such tact. 
she'll go, hey, I've noticed like we can improve on things and I know it's your baby and it's really dear to you and like no pressure. And I'm like, just do it. Like you, you don't, <laughs> I can see the time you've taken and you've addressed the fact that perhaps uh, maybe it's like on tender hooks, but I'm like, no, you, you've taken the initiative, you've done what it is and I have to just trust the people that are in my team, which I do. So yeah. yeah. Something we did recently during COVID actually was we launched Founder Friday which is mm -hmm. it's in, an Instagram live where we talk to cool yep. people and about various things, blah, blah, blah. Um, and anyway, I initially did a couple and then I said to Justine and the social team, I was like, I mean, I was having a child. So I'm like, I really can't do these. Well, I'm having a baby. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Justine did them. And for me, that was really good because she's actually incredibly good at them. She's really, really good at them. So I'm like, yep. brilliant. They're now yours. That's yours. <laughs> like, so, um, so part of it is also letting people have a go and then, and, and, and really consciously letting go, you've got yep. to let go and, yep. um, and also realize that, yeah, people are better at some stuff than you. Yeah. <laughs> and be okay with that, I guess. And be okay with that. Yeah. 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 I think it's, yep. um, yeah, really important, but very so, hard. <laughs> um, if you could give one piece of advice to somebody that's pitching a product, so they're a maker, um, <laughs> they obviously aren't in skincare or uh, deodorants. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the best and the most professional way of actually going forth with the pitch? Yeah, so um, it's, that's actually an awesome, awesome question because we do get so many different ways of people pitching things to us. Um, I would say if you're gonna pitch a product to us, out of the gates, tell us what your point of difference is. Yep. So, and, and do this in a concise email because we get war and peace in emails <laughs> and I don't read them because <laughs> yep. I'm just like, oh my gosh, if you can't get to the point quickly, I, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's talk about your point of difference really quickly. Then talk about um, maybe a little bit of history of the, of, of your brand mm -hmm. and even, um, and even you, how you, how you've established yourself because we find a lot of brands contact us because they want us to be their marketing plan and we can't be their only marketing plan for sure. They've got to have their own marketing plan and we're a nice addition to it. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then in what I do in the first email, cause you get these, all the things we look at is just talk margin. Tell us what your yep. margins are. It's yep. really important. So if you can tell us your point of difference, and your point of difference isn't, I make it and it's made with love. That's not a point of difference. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, but we use lovely ingredients. That's not a point of difference. No. Um, it's the packaging. It's whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, tell us your point of difference. Tell us a little bit about your brand, but a little bit, small paragraph. Sure. <laughs> and then talk to us about margins. Yep. Those are the things. Those are all the things I look for. And... Um, and, and also have really, like, I think it's very, very important. And this is where a lot of brands fall over. Um, have good branding. Think about your branding. Yeah. A lot of um, brands give it an afterthought, actually. Mm. And when I look at the products, I go, oh, can I see them sitting on our web, like sitting on yeah. our virtual shelves? Yep. And if I can't, it's like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, totally. We do so much branding, logo, brand identity, packaging and whatever. And like, I'm doing it with my dad at the moment for one of his. And it's cool though, because ordinarily my dad's been this hard ass and this Greek father who's, you know, like boom, boom, boom. And then now I'm like, cool. And I've actually kind of removed myself from the process and had a couple of my staff because then they, I don't have a biased opinion, but then when he's come back with what his mood boards are and what he wants it to do, now he's given us full autonomy to just go and do it. I'm just like, this is going to be really cool. Like, and then he's excited and, but like, then it tells that story. And I, and I think people just need to, research like 100% what you said research who you're pitching to and if you need to change things but then I think as well like can they actually deliver and fulfill like if you if somebody was to yeah I would imagine that would be something you need to tick the boxes on too yes it's actually a really good point and it's a challenge we have with some of our brands okay is that they're just too small so made with love I think literally by one like a couple of people just pan making products Correct. They're handmaking yep. products and they've got a full-time job and so they're handmaking it on the weekend and da 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 da, da. Yep. And they cannot meet the needs. So I think people need to figure out, is this a hobby? If it's yep. a hobby, don't contact us. Yep. Just sell it through Etsy. Do whatever yep. you're doing. Or is this a business that you are prepared to give up your job for? Yeah. To do. And if it's the latter, do your research. Do everything you were saying about make sure that like invest some money in your branding yeah and doing all the research so that you launch properly because when you talk to when you talk whether whether you talk to us or you talk to anyone else you have one shot yeah so make it make it count <laughs> research and development business plan strategy yeah. growth strategy marketing everything yeah everything make it really really count and do that work um and I think, and you're, you're, yeah, and can you fulfill orders? Because with, yeah, with some of our brands, we will sell, we could sell thousands and thousands of sort of items a month. Yep. But we can get 50 in a batch. And yeah. it, so we can't, we can't even market them because yeah. we, we can't do any social posts or anything because it, it, we just disappoint people. Yeah, for sure. And I suppose that's yeah. a challenge as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to have the, you've got to have the, the um, logistics or, and you've got to have the scale or the ability to scale. Yeah. So you might not necessarily have the scale, but you go, no, no, no. If you give me an order for 2000 units, yeah. I can do that. That's yeah. not a problem. It's, it's the ability to do that. And I think this is the other thing, the other thing, barcodes, these barcode things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to track them. Everything needs to have yeah, a process. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So many brands don't put barcodes on. I'm like, and they kind of go, oh, but it costs money. Yeah, it does. That's life. Yeah, but it's part of the investment it. into your product as a business. So yeah. correct, correct. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, you need to. They need to kind of think about all of that sort of stuff. Um, I think everything you've given us today has been phenomenal. Um, I think your brand is fantastic, and I've been there for quite a few years now, watching you grow and evolve. Um, I told you those midnight shopping trips for me. <laughs> um, no, and and I think. Um, you know, there's lots that you've added as value and you should definitely take your hat off because you've done some seriously great things. Um, mm. So soak up the moment sometimes in your success. Um, it's been oh. an absolute pleasure speaking with you and thank you for affording this time with us. Um, oh, and we yeah. look forward to seeing what other things you come up with. 
Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And thanks so much. I really, really enjoyed this chat. It's really oh, nice lovely. to actually just chat about stuff. And you've asked some great questions in terms of very thought provoking for me. Like, when did you last take a holiday? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's it. We're Not going recently. in the backyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm going on holiday. I actually, oh, I can't, can I? That's right. <laughs> Face mask. Um, but... Face mask, makeup. You'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a thing. What is it now? Uh, it's something about because everyone's getting kind of acne under the masks and all that kind uh, of stuff. Yeah. So there's yeah. a whole thing around that at the moment. So mm, there you go. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, but that, thank you so much for having me on. Really, really Our pleasure. It. Our pleasure. And, uh, see you. Talk to you soon. Okay, we have stopped recording. Oh, thank you. Sorry, my dogs. Thanks for sticking with us and listening to this episode of our podcast. If you enjoyed it, then we'd love it if you could give it a like, share it with your crew and subscribe so you won't miss another episode. We're on all the places online, so be sure to give us a like, follow or drop us a comment and let us know what you think. Be sure to tune in next time over some pretty awesome people lined up to chat with. Until then, thanks for stopping by and supporting the Creative Little Soul podcast. <laughs>